Today on the 1012 Podcast, Melissa Trebwasser joins us to discuss the weird situation going on with TCU women's basketball. Plus, UCF does something that is really hard to achieve on the hardwood. Thoughts on Arizona football's new hire. And the Big 12 softball preseason poll is out. I share my thoughts on all 10 teams. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference Plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network. Find every show in the network at 1012network.com. And we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today for our midweek episode. I wasn't entirely sure if we were going to have an episode today or not. I don't like to get overly personal on here. It's my opinion sometimes that people don't want to hear personal. They want to get straight to the point. I get that way sometimes with podcasts where it's kind of like, okay, 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 okay. I came here to listen to something. Let's, let's get to that. But look, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I love doing this podcast. I love doing this show. I love this network and I love running it. But as we continue to grow and as the demands of it continue to grow, it gets harder and harder to manage all of it and consistently put out what I believe is a quality podcast. Uh, So I'm going to do my best to keep the two episodes a week coming, at least through March Madness. We may miss an episode here or there uh, when I need a break. I got a family. I got three kids. I make jokes about them a lot, but I love them dearly. And that is the most important thing. That and, of course, the fact that I have a full-time job that keeps a roof over their head. So I'm going to continue to do my best to put out a podcast that you guys can enjoy and make sure that everyone in the network has what they need, the resources that they need to continue to do as good a job as possible for their shows. Um, so y'all, um, you got any questions, you got anything you want to ask me about, you want to just help with the podcast in some way, uh, let me know. I'm always open to ideas and thoughts from people who listen. Um, opinions are great. Constructive criticism is constructive, and I am always open to it. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at 1012network. Uh, 1012podcast at gmail is the email. Uh, let me know. Uh, I would also appreciate any kind words you want to share in the form of a review on Apple or on Twitter or anything. I just... I'm. Well, I'll be honest, like sometimes it's nice to hear that people like the work that you do. I can be as proud of it as I want, uh, and I and I am, but it's still nice to hear. Uh, so today's episode, not going to be super long today. We do have Melissa Trebwasser, our good friend, here on the show to get an update on what's going on in regards to TCU women's basketball. Uh, by the time you listen to this, TCU may have put out an official statement in regard to what's going on, but there's been a lot of speculation. And there's a lot of questions, and it's super weird that this team has gone from 14 players to not enough to feel comfortable fielding a team on the court, and thus forfeiting two games this week between Kansas State and Iowa State. I say weird, it's weird. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's shady, it doesn't mean that something sinister or suspicious or evil is going on, but it doesn't mean it's not weird to have something that feels incredibly unprecedented to occur in the Big 12. So we'll talk with her about that. 
Speaking about Big 12 basketball, (laughs) um, UCF, fellas, going on the road on Wednesday night, trailing by 16 points early on the road in Austin, Texas, only to come back and win 77 to 71. The team that we thought for sure was going to be the, ha welcome to the Big 12, this will be fun for you just mounted a 16-point comeback on the road against Texas. That comes after trailing to Kansas at home just last week and coming back for a win. Actually, Kansas led by 16 in that game, so don't get up by 16 against uh, UCF. They'll come back and get you. This This could be a positive and a negative for our goal of 12 from the Big 12. Like, I'm not going to be like, I started a hashtag. But I did, and it's dumb, but I don't care. The Big 12 is so good. And there are 14 teams in this conference. Now, look, West Virginia and Oklahoma State are not making the NCAA tournament unless something magical happens in Kansas City and they go on a run through the conference tournament and win it and get an invite. Otherwise, they're not getting it. That leaves 12 teams in the Big 12 potentially eligible for the NCAA tournament. Well, Two of those teams would be Texas and UCF. Texas, who is no longer rate. UCF, who, I mean, look, you've got two good wins now, and you just picked up a quad one win because, folks, it's hard to win on the road in the Big 12, but UCF just did it. At Texas, of all places, I want to see the Big 12 break the record for the number of teams from one conference to make the NCAA tournament. The Big East got 11 back in 2011. I don't want to do it when there's 16 teams in the conference. I want to do it when there's 14 teams in the conference and only 12 eligible for it because we know two aren't going to make it. 12 from the Big 12. That's the hashtag. Hashtag 12 from the Big 12. Numeral 12s on both ends. So it's a nice bookend of 12s. I want to see it happen. I want to see if it can happen. The Big 12's never gotten more than eight teams in which is insane as good as this conference is. But you've only had like 10 teams. So, you know, eh. can we get, can we get 12 teams in? I don't know. It's crazy because it's going to require Texas and UCF to make it and Kansas state. But you know, when you've got like eight ranked teams and nine teams in the top 50 in Kempom, which is three more than, I think it's two or three more than the next best. I can't remember if it's two or three. Um, I know there's multiple with six. That's, that's incredible. And it can happen. It can, it can. Let's see. Um, as of recording, this will obviously will change by Thursday morning. Yeah, Texas is number 40 in Kempom. Uh, so that's a good pickup. For UCF, let's see. Uh, UCF is 79th. They've got some work to do. But a win over Texas is probably going to boost them up. So that is a quality win. It can happen. It can happen. It absolutely can. It absolutely can. Y'all just don't drop any games to like OSU West Virginia that'll kill your resume. At least don't do it at your arena. If you have to do it on the road, like Texas dropped a game in West Virginia. Like at this point, Texas is the team I'm more worried about than UCF. Like UCF seems like they'll get some wins, maybe finish with enough victories to get their way in coming from a great conference like the Big 12. And then Texas finds a way to screw it all up by just losing and losing and losing. losing. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, 
I want to say a little bit about Big 12 softball. We are getting the plan in place. We're going to cover the Big 12 softball like crazy because that's what I love to do. Um, that is something that is important to me. And this conference is really good in softball. This is the first year we're going to have 10 teams in the conference with the additions of Houston, BYU, and UCF. I cannot wait. Uh, the Big 12 did release its preseason rankings. You'll be shocked by who was number one. Go ahead, take a guess. That's plenty of time. It's Oklahoma. A unanimous number one pick because this is a coach's vote. So they got nine of the 10 votes. Texas got one. That is why it's unanimous because you can't vote for your own team. So obviously, Patty Gasso voted for Texas, who finished second in the poll, followed by Oklahoma State, Baylor, UCF, Texas Tech, BYU, Kansas, Iowa State, and Houston. I'm still working my way through the rosters. So maybe I'm wrong on this. But I will say this. Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12 again. Let's just be done with it. I'm fine with Texas at two. I'm going to nitpick about a couple of things here. I'm fine with the idea of Oklahoma State finishing ahead of Baylor. I We're going to put out a 10-12 preseason poll, kind of like a, a Big 12 softball media poll. I'm in touch with a couple of different people who cover softball and, and cover the Big 12 in softball a lot to talk with them about us doing kind of a group poll together. And so we're going to have that out. I'll tell you how I will vote. I'll have OU one. I'll have Texas two. I'm going to have Baylor third. I'm going to have Baylor third. Think about how good Baylor was last year. The only team in the country all year to beat Oklahoma in softball. And they return everybody. Their entire pitching lineup is back. Darian Horme is back. Yeah, and she's real good. She's real good. They've got Casey West and they got Riley Crindle back as well. This was a young team. They're returning a lot of players. They're all a year older. Shailen Govan is back. It's just it, that roster is so good. Oh, yeah. Aliyah Benford's also back. Did I mention Aliyah Benford's back? No, because she's fantastic as well. That is a really good Baylor team that was still fairly young. They bring back every single pitcher on the roster. They bring back all of their top hitters except for two. Sydney Cazales is gone. Mackenzie Wilson's back. They bring back essentially all their best hitters. Shailen Govan is back. Mackenzie Wilson, Anna Watson, Amber Tovin. Like, this team is going to be better than last year because they're going to have another year developed. They're going to be a year older. I would put Baylor third and Oklahoma State fourth. Oklahoma State's lost so much from what we've known this roster to be. You have a brand new pitching coach. Gajewski has focused on developing the talent on hand. That could absolutely work. They could be the third best team. They could be the second best team in the Big 12. I just feel like I know more about Baylor right now than I do Oklahoma State. So I would flip-flop Baylor to three and Oklahoma State to four. UCF at five is fine with me. Um, I fully expect those five teams, OU, Texas, OSU, Baylor, and UCF, to find themselves in the postseason. I would be disappointed and shocked if they didn't. The question now for the Big 12 is the back half. Texas Tech was six. I'm fine with that. I'm really interested to see what they do this year with a far more difficult non-conference schedule. BYU at seventh is too high. I would bump them down to ninth, and I would move Kansas and Iowa State up. Kansas also brings back almost the entire roster. They lost a few super seniors off last year's team who, who were impactful, but they bring back so much. And I think last year was Coach McFall's best team, and I think they're going to be better this year. Uh, I am interested in what Iowa State looks like this year. Um, I haven't gotten super deep into the roster, but at BYU, I understand 
that BYU has been a really solid softball program. And I think they've fallen off the last few years, and that's in a super inferior conference. In the Big 12, I think they are going to struggle. And Houston in last place, I, I, I agree. They have completely, but they might be the biggest wild card because she has completely, Coach Vaselli has completely changed out that roster. No roster has had more players in and out through the transfer portal than Houston. A ton of changes. So, so maybe that will work. We shall see. I am hoping beyond hope that the Big 12 finds a way to get seven teams in the Big 12 into the NCAA tournament, into regionals. This is a conference that's had seven teams, and they typically get like three, maybe four. And part of that, the problem is OU just dominates everybody. And then Texas is also really good. And so it's hard to get wins. And if you don't do enough in non-conference, and I know it's hard in non-conference for a team like Iowa State, who literally will not play a home game until I think March, like mid-March, until conference play starts. Iowa State doesn't play a single home game until conference play starts because it's called up in Iowa. The Big 12 should be a five-bid team or league. I'm really hoping that they are at least six, if not seven. Texas Tech's the team that I'm 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 hanging my hope on this year with Coach Snyder and his second year at the helm there. Uh, we're going to have some coach interviews coming up uh, hopefully next week. Uh, we'll dive in headfirst with softball on the 1st of February, which will be a week before the season kicks off. And then every Thursday, we're going to have uh, me and two co-hosts, and we'll announce more about them coming up soon. So uh, keep an eye out on Monday. We'll have our uh, our media poll out is my goal. Uh, and we're going to do a lot of Big 12 softball. So if you're a Big 12 softball fan, if you are, if you know people who are Big 12 softball fans, let them know about the show. We're going to do as much Big 12 softball coverage as we can. And, and all 10 teams. We got 10 teams. We can cover 10 teams. We're not just going to sit here and talk about Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma State. I want to talk about Kansas and BYU and Texas Tech and Iowa State and Baylor. And I want those coaches on and we get players on every week. And so like we are going to do as much Big 12 softball coverage as we can. So tune in here on the 1012 podcast. That will be uh, every Thursday, really getting started next week, I would say. All right. Two more things before we get to Melissa. Number one, charliehustle.com. Sponsors here in the 1012 podcast and of the entire network, Friends of the Big 12. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season. Check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all basketball season long. They just had drops last week for Kansas, Kansas State, Houston. Oh, some incredible basketball specific apparel for your schools not to mention the basketball hoodies that came out this weekend that were incredible go check it all out i mean they had one for ucf they had one for houston they had for baylor they're similar but unique to each school the kansas state one is in lavender it's in lavender it's so good so go to charliehustle.com use the promo code 10 12 15 t-e-n-1-2-1-5 and get 15 percent off all non-sale items Go to charliehustle.com today. Go check them out. They love the Big 12. We love the Big 12. We want you to shop there because we like Charlie Hustle. So go to charliehustle.com. Use that promo code 101215. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Uh, last thing before we get to Melissa, Arizona has a new head coach. They have hired Brent Brennan away from San Jose State. Look, I understand the thoughts on his record at San Jose State. He had one really good season as the head coach there. And it was in 2020 during the 
COVID season. We have said you have to set the COVID season aside. Okay. He's 34 and 48 overall. He's gone seven and five in 2022, seven and six last year. Like he's been okay at San Jose State. It's a tough place to win. It's a tough place to win. And apparently this is the job. This is the, the jobs he's wanted for a long time. And now he's got it. It's going to be an interesting hire to monitor this offseason to A, see how much of the roster he is able to retain. This roster that had like 18 of 22 starters expected to come back on a very good team with high expectations for this season. If he can get Noah Fafita to stay, if he can keep him at Arizona, that is going to be the biggest win he has of the offseason. It, it is. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on his raw, his uh, coaching staff as it comes together. I am not going to sit here and say it's a bad hire because of his record at San Jose State. I'm not going to say it's a great hire because he wants to be at Arizona forever. I, I, I don't know. I'll say this. I've lost, listened to a number of people who cover Arizona talk about it. Brent Brennan is going to be the head coach of the University of Arizona football team for as long as they will have him. That is, to some extent, a reactionary hire. You swung for the fences on Jed Fish. It worked out, but after two seasons, he's gone. When it's the defensive guy, we go for offense. When it's the player-friendly guy, we go for the hard-nosed culture guy. When we get the outsider who stays for two seasons, we go the guy who's always wanted this job who'll stay here forever for as long as we'll have him. Doesn't mean it's a good hire. Doesn't mean it's a bad hire. At this point, we're just going to wait and see. But if he can hold the roster together, he can at least start things off well in the Big 12 in year one. So very, very interesting team to keep an eye on, interesting situation to keep an eye on. We'll find ourselves in Arizona podcast as soon as we can because I'd, I want to learn more about this program, more about this team, and, and more about their thoughts on this hire. All right. Feels like a good time to, to get to Melissa. Let's talk about TC women's basketball, the situation that's going on there. Let's get to it. So a very interesting situation in the Big 12 on the women's side of hoops. TCU has had to cancel their two games this week against Kansas State and at Iowa State, much to the real frustration, especially of Kansas State fans who are planning, especially those in Dallas who are planning to go into attend the game in Fort Worth. We can set the uh, not refunding ticket side of this conversation aside for a little while, but we do have to talk about what feels like an unprecedented situation outside of the COVID season. Luckily, I don't have to do this alone. I, I uh, There's certain people I turn to when it comes to TCU people in the know. Of course, you know her voice if you've been listening to the show for a while. If not, every podcast is someone's first. We're excited to welcome Melissa Trebowasser back to the 1012. Melissa, welcome. I'd say it's good to be here, Philip, but what an auspicious uh, way to make my return to the 1012. I tell you, it's been a it's been a hell of a day in in Fort Worth and around TCU basketball. The problem when you don't provide information is people have to fill it in with their own narratives. So yeah. we're going to do our best here not to make any assumptions. We're going to provide the information that we know uh and then kind of kind of go from there. So 
Uh, the news came out on Wednesday that TCU had canceled both games. Uh, for first, it was because maybe illness. Now we have found that basically that the TCU claims they do not have enough healthy players to feel it is safe for the remaining team to play in these games. And so both the Kansas State and the Iowa State games have been canceled uh, based off of the Big 12 rules. Uh, they, the Kansas State and Iowa State will both be given a conference win. Uh, TCU will take two conference losses. It will not affect the overall record. And we will, TCU will wait another week. Uh, at the moment, TCU has posted on social media that they're putting out a call for anybody who wants to come, any healthy bodies who just want to come and be part of the TCU women's basketball program. I'm not, I, I, I can't recall a time anything like this has happened outside of COVID for a game to be canceled due to health or just lack of team players. I, can you think of anything like this in the past, Melissa? I mean, it, I haven't seen anything like this around TC or the Big 12, certainly. Uh, so people were throwing around some. There was an example last season. I can't remember what school where they had to forfeit a game because of lack of healthy bodies. But it certain, certainly wasn't from a Power 5 conference. Um, it certainly wasn't a, a you know a, a university with the resources of TCU um, to have a team that started 14 and 0 and earned a top 25 ranking. and was looking like they potentially could be a contender in the big 12 and, and maybe a March madness team have the rug just pulled out from under them in this way to me is almost unfathomable and to be holding open tryouts. Now I will say not just any healthy bodies, you have to have had varsity high school basketball experience so that at least we've got that standard um but to be holding open tryouts in late january for your basketball team that two weeks ago was ranked is uh it's it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable situation it's a a devastating situation for mark campbell and tcu and while i understand the frustrations of these opposing fan bases I, i think we are kind of in uncharted territory much the way we were during covid and so um, I, I don't I don't think TCU is ducking Kansas State and Iowa State. I think TCU is down super, super bad. Um, and Mark Campbell is trying to think of the long term health and viability of his athletes in this program, not just what he's going to do to get through two games against two teams that would have probably wiped the floor with them anyways. Uh, yeah, definitely not how you would expect your first season as the head coach of TCU to go. Melissa Update us from what you know as far as the injury status of the players that we are aware of. Yeah, so the only ones that we have been made aware of to this point are, of course, Sedona Prince, who broke her hand very early in the Baylor game, played through it, and then announced um, shortly thereafter she was having surgery and would be out indefinitely. Uh, In the Houston game, Jaden Owens tore her ACL and meniscus in the first half um, and announced shortly thereafter her season and and her basketball career as a grad student were over. And then today, in conjunction with the announcement of the the forfeits, we learned that Deja Turner had suffered an ankle injury, had tried to play through it, and had decided to go ahead and shut it down um, and uh, have surgery and get healthy for next year. She's a redshirt sophomore. She had taken over um, Sedona Prince's spot in the lineup. So that's two players with season-ending injuries. That's a third player with status completely unclear at this point. You know, a broken finger. She could be back in February or her season might be done, um, especially as CC is going to fall off a cliff here. There may not be basketball to play by the time she's able to come back. Um, at that point, that's the information. That's where the information train leaves us. 
Uh, I have done, I was joking with somebody earlier, I've done more real reporting here in the last like six hours than I probably have in the last six months trying to get to the bottom of what exactly is going on in Fort Worth. And this is either a case of just really, really terrible luck. Um, and, and what I've heard is that multiple players were injured in Tuesday's practice, which would have been yesterday. Um, that would be, first of all, what kind of practices were you holding um, with two games this week? And second of all, just, again, the luck of that uh, is what it is. Um, uh, you know, people were throwing around some crazy internet rumors about, you know, fights in the program and stuff. None of that seems at all to be true. Um, but getting a beat on who exactly was injured, who exactly was expected to play that no longer is able to and why those things have not been released by the university. And even my sources who generally are pretty plugged in have not been able to get answers. There is a real circling of the wagons going in TCU's women's basketball. And it could be for no nefarious reasons, or obviously there might be more going on that we find out in the coming days. Yeah. I mean, this is a TCU team who came into the season with 14 players on the roster. And so to go from 14 to what I believe has been reported as six, that is, that's eight players down. We know of three, yeah. that leaves five that we have to ask questions about. And we've got a couple of players who haven't seen the court so far this season of those 14. Um, we don't have a particular reason why. It could be redshirt, could be whatever. I don't want to speculate as far as like, well, maybe there's, again, I don't want to speculate on anything here. All we know is TCU reportedly has six healthy players, which is why they have can't done something that feels incredibly unprecedented and canceled, basically forfeited two Big 12 games this week. It's just, I understand, again, like I said off the top, like when you don't provide information, people are going to fill it in. I understand mm -hmm. why Kansas State fans are mad. I do think TCU should refund tickets for games that were, mm -hmm. for, for a game that was bought that TCU has canceled. I don't know how that goes about. I don't know how the Big 12 gets involved there, but if you have fans of other teams coming in to play those games, like we bought this ticket from here, like that money should go back to somebody. Because um, I, I understand, like, for student tickets, it gets transferred. That's great. Sure. But if I am somebody who can't, was planning to come in from out of town or had already gotten there and had my tickets, like, I'm out a lot of money for a game I expected to be able to to witness and now no longer can. I understand the frustration from everybody. I can't imagine in 2024 a Big 12 team trying to just duck the top two teams in the conference or being able to find a, a a reasonable lie to convince the Big 12 conference to allow them to do so. So for the Big 12 to be okay with this going forward, you've got to have something legit to say, here's the situation. We don't feel this is the best interest of the student athletes. And for the Big 12 to say, we agree with that call. This is what we're going to do. I... I I don't think you're trying to, I, I don't think the Big 12 office is like, whoop, thanks for, you know, Keystone Cops yeah. in this, getting the wool pulled over their eyes. No, and, you know, I think another factor in this too, is you mentioned the three players that we know are out and you mentioned that we've got to get to that number of, of eight or whatever it is. Well, there's also two other players that are returning from significant injuries that I think probably are not at 100% or at least not conditioned to be able to play 
35 to, to 40 minutes in a college basketball game against a high-level Big 12 opponent. Um, one of those is Sydney Harris. Sydney's played just three games this season, the last three games. She played two minutes against Oklahoma State in her first game of the season. She played uh, three minutes against Texas, and then she got up to 20 minutes against Houston, um, and that was the most extended action. Throwing that kid again into having to play 40 minutes or 30 to 40 minutes um, against Iowa State – Probably not, or against Kansas State, probably not in the best interest of her long-term health. Um, the other one is is uh, Victoria Flores. Victoria is a true freshman. She tore ACL her senior season. Um, she is is just kind of rounding into form. She's been playing all season, but again, you know, she's had two games where she's gone over twenty minutes, but her her minutes per game average is probably around ten or eleven. Um, asking that kid to try to play thirty-five to forty minutes, you know, when she's certainly not conditioned to be able to do so, is is a strain as well. So. Three players that are out completely, two players that are still probably working themselves into game shape or into extended minute shape. Um, and then if you say, you know, what, what we heard was multiple players got hurt in practice Tuesday, like I said. And so if two or three of those players get hurt, now you're, again, maybe it's not a black and white issue, but this is a conversation of if you're truly in the best interest of the student athlete, which of course the NCAA is when it's convenient for them, <laughs> um, for TCU to say, we're going to take the forfeit because I care more about the long-term vi viability of these two athletes than I do about, you know, like whether or not we can actually compete in a game or we just take the L off the top. I, I think that, that Campbell's probably thinking big picture there. And if he can do that, it makes a lot of sense for him to do that. I know for me as a coach, if I had a, two kids in those situations, um, I would probably not want to try to ask them to play an entire game at that level when I didn't know that their health could hold up for them and that might risk them being able to play again in the future. So um, frustration, absolutely, that's fine. Um, I, I do agree that TCU should refund the money for people that want a refund. I think a lot of TCU fans would very happily just exchange it for another game. Season tickets are what they are. You can eat that. But um, if you're a visiting fan and you want a refund, it's also like probably like a $20 ticket. So, um, you know, I, I think... I, I've been a little disappointed with the reaction of Kansas State fans online, but that's not the first or the last time I'll ever say that. So, purple on purple hate, right there. I mean, Pretty look, bad. you start with fourteen, you lose three, two for the season, one for a while, uh, two coming back from injury, three plus two is five, fourteen minus five is nine. You get some sort of I don't know if they were running the Oklahoma drill or what they were doing yeah. in practice this week. Yeah. Um, as we understand, Mark Campbell is expected to put out a statement or make a statement on Thursday, which we're hoping will clarify exactly what the situation is. Um, so we will keep an eye on that on Thursday. Uh, Melissa, any ideas there as to what time we can expect that? Uh, you know, again, the information coming out of here has been so slow. TCU tends to release things either first thing in the morning or at the very end of the day. Um, I would not <laughs> be surprised if, yeah, it's, it's never anything in between, um, I would expect, would not be shocked whatsoever if this is one of those 5 p.m. news drops, right? Like that, that seems, you know, it, it's it's interesting because I was I was talking to somebody who generally, much better reporter than I'll ever be, um, but I'm not going to say who because TCU fans tend to not like this person very much, which probably gives it away. Um, and it was interesting of if, if this were TCU men's basketball, this would be being handled so much differently than it is for the women's game. Um, and so I don't know how much information will get out because I don't know that anybody's going to go around and really keep digging after kind of the smoke blows over here. Right. So um, I, I think I'm hopeful that the the answer is the one that makes the most sense. And isn't that what they always say is generally the thing that that seems the most logical to be the truth is the truth. And that it's one of those situations to where 
you know, maybe a couple, a couple of athletes ran into each other during practice, you know, maybe like who knows what happened, right? You can basketball is a, a pretty intense contact sport. Even some of the simple drills, uh, you could, you can have people go out with concussions. You can have people go out with sprained ankles. A lot can happen. And, and you can see two or three people go out in one play too, pretty easily. So, you know, I don't want anyone to be hurt obviously, but you know, the hope is that the, the most logical answer is the correct answer. There's nothing else going on. Um, but hopefully Mark Campbell will provide some clarity. Uh, it's just to me, ultimately, the thing that really just blows about this, to be frank, is, is this program, um, you know, had fallen so far down and was such a rebuild. And it looked like Mark Campbell had done just yeoman's work to come in and make this a competitive roster on the fly and to bring in Sedona Prince and to bring in Jaden Owens and to bring in Madison Connor. And Madison Connor was going shot for shot with Caitlin Clark through the first 15 games of the season before the injury started as far as the three ball. Um, and now all of a sudden it seems like a lot of this has fallen apart. And the bummer about that is that so much of this roster are seniors in their last year of college basketball. You know, you're going to lose uh, uh, Jaden Owens. You're going to lose Tara Montemalegua. You're going to lose um, uh, uh, Sedona Prince. You're going to lose Agnes Emanopu. I mean, these are these are kids that came to make one last run under a coach they really believed in. And they've gone from the highest to highest to the lowest to lows in really just a couple matter of a couple of days. And it's super unfortunate for them and for the program. Melissa, always appreciate your time. Again, I, I agree. I wish it was under better circumstances and we will try and make that happen soon. Uh, where can everybody check out the work you do covering TCU? Uh, you can find me at the Coach Melissa on Twitter and at Frogs Insider on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Network, Podcast Network, um, and on Melissa Treve on Instagram. Melissa, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Phil. Appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.